Blog Talk Radio. This is Marty Oakley, and we are having just a little bit of a technical difficulty, so hang on. Um, Our show tonight, we're doing one with Cynthia Hayes-Mifsud, and many of you know her from Off the Net. Um, She's been carrying the torch against guardianship abuse and the kidnapping of a family member, in this case, her mother. And so we're doing a special show tonight. To give her some airtime, uh, they've got court dates coming up. They've got all kinds of things happening. And so you need to kind of pay attention here to what's going on because she may need your support, and I hope you'll give it willingly. Anyway, Cynthia, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah. You're going to have to speak up a little Thanks bit. For having me. <laughs> Thanks for having yeah. me. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad to have you on. Uh, Cynthia, why don't you walk us through basically what has happened here what was wrong with your mother initially that you know she was staying with you well it was a combination of her and my father both had dementia my father's was okay. so bad that he was leaving the house dangerous in michigan because he was leaving in the winter time and you know going outside and stuff so obviously yeah. at one point he had left and he was gone for like three hours and we found him blocks away from the house. He had crossed a major intersection, and it was winter. It was December, and he was crying okay. and scared and everything. So that was really – it was my dad more than anything that we brought him here, but mother couldn't stay alone either. Neither one of them were taking yeah. their medicine. It was just very unsafe well, for them to be at home. Yeah. That just happened so, but luckily they had you to rely on. And yeah, may I ask, did your parents have an estate of any size? No, not. I mean, nothing big. Um, like yeah. right now, once it, once we sold the house, it they have like two hundred seventy-five, but that includes uh-huh. um, almost sixty thousand of that is an annuity. So, I mean, no, they really don't. Well, it's enough for some people to go after it, you know. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So it That's just, uh, Kaz has joined us. Hi, Kaz. Hey, Cynthia. So glad hey. to have you on tonight. And uh, you. you're, just, you're just amazing. Everyone loves Thank you. <laughs> Everyone can support you. Thank yep. you. Well, I you've been a real warrior out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 You have been incredible. You are not only are you doing, you know, worrying about your own family, you're worrying about other people's family, too. You are one of the biggest cheerleaders out there, just so encouraging to others, including myself and Marty. 
I mean, everyone just absolutely adores you. So, I mean, that's one of the, you know, one of the side effects of this terrible thing, the guardianship, is the beautiful friends that we make, and you are one of them. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm just hoping that things are going to go your way in court, but I'm going to let you finish telling the story. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Um, so I don't even, where was I? <laughs> oh, you were talking about your parents having dementia, your father, and that they right. were saying okay. we were just talking about the value of their estate. Right. So, um, like I was saying, it's not a, a huge value, but that's what people need to understand is they don't come after everybody with millions. People think they're safe right. because they don't have a lot of money, but it doesn't exactly. matter to these people. It can be right. a smaller estate, or you could not have anything. There's some people that have disabilities that bring in more money through Medicaid than my mom has in yes. her estate. So yes. Exactly. You're not safe just because you don't have a lot. They can definitely make it so they can take you in other ways. So, well, it's Cynthia, scary. some of these predators um, do business by volume, and instead of going after a big estate, they'll find numerous people who are getting maybe just Social Security, a railroad retirement, a VA retirement, and they call right. them pension poachers. And uh, but they go after them, and then they make themselves the assigned payee on all their benefits right. so that person never gets well, my, anything but yeah my mother's um gal is the largest she gets the largest pay out of anybody in wayne county she has that many oh, wow. cases and that's because oh, she God. doesn't do anything she doesn't come out she never came out to my house to see what where my mother had lived for over two years and what this grandpad was even all about she went into court and said that my um that I had my mom in a separate wing of my house, like yeah, I'm in I'm on Dallas or something. You know, I live in a regular house. In, I mean, it's a it's a nice size <laughs> house, but there's definitely not uh, an east wing, and west wing, and a north wing, and a south wing. And, you know, my oh, mom, on, the grandpad was in the grandpad <laughs> was my old family room and my garage. And we had to knock oh. down walls and everything, but it's not a separate, there was no addition built like they were trying right. to say. And if she had come out here, she would have seen that I was the one telling the truth. And then yeah. she could have, you know, did the right thing by my mom, but she never did right. any type of investigation. And it's her job yeah. to investigate, you know? Well, it's not there's no accountability. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And yeah. the same thing like with, she, she went into court and said that she was afraid to go to her office because, you know, we were going on Facebook and, you know, giving her name and saying what she did and all this. And we, we finally went to, her, went to where she supposedly worked and we asked for her and the lady said she doesn't, she has a, um, gets her mail here. That's it. So she had the audacity to go into court and try to get um, sanctions from me because she couldn't go into her office and she don't even have oh. an office. She literally <laughs> gets her mail there. That's it. Oh. You know? So. That's <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to laugh at some of this stuff of how ridiculous right. it is. And the right. idea that a probate examiner accepted this as truth, um, which exactly. she couldn't even prove. You know, it just, exactly. this just is another one of those clues that everything is rigged against you. 
Right. And then when they assigned the um, court-appointed attorney, it was uh, picked by the judge, of course, and the guardian ad litem drove this uh, new attorney all the way out to where my niece is keeping my mother, which is an hour away from me, an hour away from both of them, where I'm literally like 15, 20 minutes. They never could come to my house, but they could drive an hour out there. Oh, who bless your little heart. And they couldn't speak to my brother. They wouldn't speak to me, which... I mean, how many, I sent her letters, I called her, everything, trying to, you know, get her to understand that uh, they weren't telling the truth and to try to, you know, give her answers to her questions. She said, do not ever call me, email me, or text me again. So, I mean, what what am I supposed to do? No choice but to go to the Internet for help. Right, right. You know, and that's what I did. Well, you know, as and a just, supposed officer of the court, she can't shut herself off like that. She has to be available. So where do they get exactly. out the don't contact me, email me or anything? Uh, you're an officer of the court. You must be available. And right. um, See, I'd have and, to do and, something about that. Yeah. Well, they have Maybe you could go little... to her imaginary office. It, I did. <laughs> That's how I found out it's America. And my brother... At one point, my brother that lives in Tennessee, my oldest brother, he had sent my sister a text when he was up here visiting. Something like, oh, you know, I'm in town, but don't worry, I don't want to see you. He said, but what your daughter didn't protect you from was the fact that that uh, guardian ad litem is going to take all mom's money. You're not going to get a thing. And her reply was, he's going to send this text to um uh, Melinda, which is the guardian that Lightham's name. So they're like on a first name basis. Like, oh, and my I brother see. said, go ahead. I don't care what you do with it. <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah. I, I don't understand, I mean, Cynthia, what happens in families. I really don't, uh, whether the don't greed either. factor is, is just that strong in it's, some people. But if you they'll, instead of, that this was go ahead. Happen, I, I would Never believed it. Never. Me and my sister were always close. Her and her daughter fought from the time she was about 14, 13, 14, up until about 2016. And then all of a sudden, oh, she she didn't fight anymore. And that was when she wanted to offer to have my parents move in with her. And then we could pay her $1,000 for each one of them. And then a month. And she would take oh. care of them. But they were going to oh, live three hours away from all of us. And we all said, oh. absolutely not. You're not taking mom and dad out to your, you know, three hours away. No. And, right. oh, okay, well, I just wanted to offer. Well, I know that uh-huh. was her plan all along. That's what she wanted yeah. was to get this income from them, you know. And that's uh, why she well. bided her time playing nice with her mother. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, literally, what? they did not go months without. They they went six months a year without speaking. Oh my God! And me and my sister never fought. Never. Wow. That is just. So, but this happens. I see this all the time. I know, cause you have too, um, where one sibling will turn on the other one, and it and it has to be greed has got to be the motivation, because I can't come yeah, up with anything else. 
uh, that I heard possibly... jealousy, I think. Yes. Because yes. my sister fought with my mother, too. She always would tell us that um, she would get mad and try to get me to fight with my mom. And I would say, listen, you know, I don't care what mom says. I'm not fighting with yes. her. I said, she's yeah. older, and I'm not going to fight with her, you know. And she would get so mad about it. And then my mom, she would pick on my mom all the time. And my mom wouldn't get so, like, you know, when you pick on somebody enough, they finally snap at you. Well, when my mom yeah. would snap at her, then she'd say, well, I won't shed a tear when she dies. And I'd say, oh, oh are God. you serious? Yeah, that's about wow. my own mother. You know? She and I'm just, like, right, right. Wow. And I, wow. Yeah. I've heard it say it was, there's always a Judas in every family. That's what I was yeah. told when we were going through it. Mm-hmm. And I have one too. And she, 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 she's the saint. They always portray themselves as some kind of saint. Mm-hmm. These are people that literally did so much for. My niece was the first yeah. uh, grandchild born. I was the youngest in our family, so I never was around little kids because I was the youngest. I was the youngest right. of my dad, like the cousins and everything on both sides of the family. So wow. I had never been around little kids. So I was so excited when she was born. I, I mean, I literally yeah. did everything for her. I would pick her up from school. I would... You know, have when she had a birthday yeah. party, I would go all out for it. I took her to Disney World on trips, everything. I mean, I treated wow. her like a daughter. And, <laughs> I mean, I threw, when her mom and her weren't speaking, I threw her a baby shower. I um, oh, bought wow. her cars. I let her use it, live in my house before. I bought her furniture for her because she bought it from, uh, she was renting it from Renaissance, and they were going to come take uh-huh. it because she couldn't afford it anymore. So I paid it off right. so she could keep her furniture. I mean, just so oh, much wow. you would never think that somebody that you had treated like a daughter would literally turn on you to the point where she tried to have me arrested when um, after she got those personal protection orders against me. I mean, who does oh, that? Oh, wow. You know? Cheap me Christmas. And they'll yeah. make up stuff, too, to try to get you arrested or get you back into court. Right. And paint you as some right. sort of terrible person. Uh, they're very adept right. at building a case that's non-existent. And uh, exactly. I've seen that many times, too. Uh, just well, the, to come the up with the bald face. Go ahead, honey. Uh, the PPOs were just frivolous anyway. It literally, the PPO literally said I made her sad. Who gets a PPO for oh. making somebody sad? <laughs> I mean, seriously? Yeah, well, you're I making me sad here in this. Did I get an order, what? too? <laughs> that is stupid. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, made her sad, like, huh? How do you, Imagine how do you that. something like that? I, we owned our own business for years, and I had an employee who was literally, I could literally have gotten a PPO against her. And I went in Wayne County, which is the county I'm located in, and I couldn't get one. And, I mean, this person had threatened and done, you know, just all kinds of things. And I couldn't get one. Yet my niece was able to get one against me, my husband, and my brother because we made her sad. Oh. Well, you're making me sad now. Can I get one? (laughs) (laughs) 
we could go to that imaginary <laughs> office and check. This is right. just and then bizarre. I believe that, like, from the very beginning, the guardian of light and told them exactly what they needed to do. Or she knew, exactly. she believed she worked down at probate court before. She worked right yes. in that area. She was a paralegal. She's worked in law offices for years, and she knew exactly what needed to be done. She knew that she yep. had to isolate my mother because my mother would have never gone against me like, like she did. And they waited until mm-hmm. my mom had a UTI to get her to go into court and to say, you know, all the horrible things that she said about us. And my mom don't even know saying it. Yeah, I already got a comment here that a UTI wouldn't cause that. In an elderly person, it sure will. It will cause confusion, oh, okay. disorientation, oh, uh, hallucinations. Oh, yeah. uh, an elder person cannot tolerate a urinary tract infection for long before it starts affecting their mind. And, um, and well, uh, the my mother times... ended up in the hospital. She ended yeah. up in the hospital after that with sepsis from this UTI. Okay. So, you know, you can die from a UTI. And yes. with an elderly person, I don't know if it's the same with males, but with females, um, they just, they get angry and they fight and they imagine, I mean, just delusional. It's really, it's horrible. Right. Yeah, and it does, it has a just a del- deleterious effect on them. Um, it's not so bad when you're younger, you get sick with it, Yes. But it doesn't affect you to such an extreme. But you have to understand with a urinary tract infection, that's not just in your urinary tract. It's being circulated through your system. And where you as a younger person can fight that off as an elder person, they can't. And it just absolutely blows up on them. And uh, you see a whole different phase, a whole different type of personality emerge from that. And uh, and I say hallucinations, everything. So, you know, check with your doctor before you start calling us flyers. Uh, Check with your doctor and uh, they'll tell you that, you know, if you get older, you get one. It's a serious situation. Very serious. So, And my mom doesn't remember saying the things they had her say in court. And, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's it's so sad. We try not to even bring any of it up, but. You know, right. once in a while, like, I let her know that, you know, you know, you did say that, Mom. And she said, um, oh, I would never say that. And I said, well, you did. I said, but it's okay. I know that, you know, yeah. you didn't mean it. I understand. And um, I said, you had a UTI at the time. And she right. said, they made me say that. But I know nobody yeah. made her say it, although they were sitting right next to her. But what was so they funny about her. it, one any, well, anyone in the courtroom or on Zoom that had actually seen it, um, my sister, when my mom started yelling at us and saying she hated our gut, my sister lit up like a Christmas tree, smiling from ear to ear. I mean, she just had a glow. She was so happy that you thought, oh. you could tell right then and there that the jealousy she has for me and my brothers was just, I mean, it was clear. You know, yeah. because she got my mom to say she hated us. Because me and my mom, yeah. like I said, we never fought. Um, we were always real close. My mom vacationed with me four times in Hawaii. She used to go with me to my, co- you know, both my parents used to go with me. We had a cottage in Canada because we're in Michigan. We're like 15 minutes from the Canadian border. 
and our cottage wow. was like an hour away. They would go spend the weekend with us all the time, always close with me and my kids and my husband. And my sister wow. has never had that connection. Wow. Even now, I, I, even now, my mom's not living with my sister. She's living with my niece. So wow. I tell you right there. Well, and as a not a as a first tier relative, what they call first tier, she can get right. other other than your mother's uh, income. She can get other funding, and uh, that's through Medicare, Medicaid. Uh, there's state programs. There's federal programs. Uh, there's all kinds of money that they can get by doing this, and maybe, maybe, possibly, I'm not saying this for sure because I haven't seen anything, but maybe, possibly, this is the reason she's with the niece, is to access that funding. If you're a first-year relative, like, you know, you're a daughter, direct daughter, <laughs> these things aren't available to you, but a second- or third-tier relative, they are, or a total stranger, which in most cases, guardianship. The, the money they make, people think it's just off the estate. It isn't. It, it is a money-making deal for these people. And yep. like I say there's federal funding. There's state funding. There's all sorts of bonus programs in the state. Uh, there's kickbacks from nursing homes, doctor's offices. Uh, you wouldn't believe the money these people actually are making and where it all comes from. That uh, many times what I've found, Cynthia, is that the – estate that they're especially in these conditions where there's no big you know pot of gold at the end of the rainbow um this is what they do is they collect off of all these other things <laughs> and uh, they actually make a screaming fortune one of the people i work marcel reed said to me the one time too she's the one that runs the whistleblowers organization and she said what i have found out about this is that one person on social security can generate over a million dollars in the local community in fees that are paid to doctors, hospitals, nursing homes, therapists, this, that, and something else. So they're, they're money in the bank all the way around for everybody. And everybody sits there and doesn't say, like I told you before we come on, the idea that our government is not only fully aware of this, they won't do anything to stop it. And worse than that, right. they help fund it to keep it going. Right. Graceful. Right. Cause you're awful quiet. Yeah. Oh, I'm listening. I'm, I'm just. <laughs> yes, I had a I I had a long day. I'm on a few hours of oh. sleep because I had a bakery order to deliver. I'm here. Oh well. Okay. Oh my goodness. All right. I'm just. I. It's just. It's just unbelievable. And the fact that yes, people think, oh, I don't have a lot of money, or I have all my paperwork in order. Uh, that mm-hmm. doesn't. That. That doesn't make you safe at all, and especially the paperwork thing. That's right. Paperwork doesn't matter. They'll throw that right out, and mm-hmm. uh, you can go over to shenanigans in the Montgomery County Courthouse. They actually have the actual court records posted of uh, <laughs> um, Marie Tarkini, and her husband was an attorney, and he passed away first, and then the vultures guardianized his 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 wife and you better believe they had all that paperwork done throughout the power of attorney yep. and everything. You yep. know, so well, it's on. Well, yeah, I've said it's long, at any, any law firm that's selling you estate plans with the promise of avoiding guardianship and conservatorship needs to be sued for fraud because they sell you those documents with the full knowledge that any probate examiner, 
I say these aren't judges, this is not a court of law, can discard those instruments and hand everything that somebody else was supposed to get over to that predator they call a guardian. And this is why I'm saying, Cynthia, you look at your own case, and I think the reason your mother is with your niece is because it has allowed her to access far more money than you know about. Yeah. Well, my sister and her, like I said, my my sister would not let my mother live there. She, My mother's never spent the night at my sister's house ever up until this happened. And the only reason why she spent one night there is because they wouldn't let her stay with me because they're so afraid my mom won't leave. And um, right. getting to that point that I have to say, Mom, you have to go back. And she'd say, well, yeah. why can't I just say this is where I was happy? You know, why can't I be there? And I just say, you know, right now we just have to keep doing what the court says until we can get, you know, everything right. worked out. But what I was okay. going to say is you want to hear something really crazy is, the person that did my mom and dad's estate plan was my niece's mm-hmm. professor in college. Oh. She recommended. Yes. Wow. And exactly. So here we went in 2013, and we met with her um, ex, you know, her ex-teacher, her old college professor, for a law class in college, and he was the one that did our parents' estate plan. And he was the one that I called when all this was happening, and he referred me to my first attorney who charged me over $50,000. Oh, oh God. God. Yeah. Wow. And then when I, was, when I was talking to my attorney that charged, the first attorney that charged me $50,000, he told me, I said, well, can't you get him to, you know, write something up and say, you know, my parents were – you know, a sound mind, obviously, in 2013 when they wrote this up and that um, I I had been calling there because my niece was bothering me for, like, that whole year prior to her stealing my mother. She had um, sent me a 14-page letter and all these things, and then she had used my dad's discount to, to buy a, a Mustang for her husband. And... Um, and I, so I had called the attorney, uh, the attorney's office up, and I said, is there anything you can do? And he said, well, we can send her a cease and desist letter. And I was in the process of getting that done when she stole my mother. Oh, but wow. when I told her about this, my attorney said, oh, well, I'm going over there today. So he has a real close connection to this other attorney who's drawn up a state point. So he draws uh-huh. him up him, and he read, you know, basically, the estate, you know, of all of its money. Well, not even yeah. the estate, me, me. Well, you know, fighting listen, myself. We, yeah. We've got a large number of callers on here. I mean, listening in. If anybody wants to speak to Cynthia or has a question, it's 917-388-4520. That's 917 917- Three eight eight four five two zero, and as soon as Blog Talk answers, hit the number one, and that'll flag me that you want to come on. So again, nine one seven three eight eight four five two zero. We got one already. Hang on here. Nice. Area code two six nine. You're live and on the air. Yeah. Hi. I was just uh, wondering. Does does your sister just not have a job or anything, or um, does? 
does your niece's husband not work to be able to buy his own Mustang or whatnot? Um, he bought the Mustang. They just used my dad's discount. Oh, okay. So but she had to okay. pretend that it was either my mother or she had to do something online acting as if she was my mother in order to get the document to get the discount. So oh, did, wow. did they not work for their own money to be able to buy things for themselves? No, he works and she works. They all work. But it's, I think they just feel that they're, they're owed this, you know. And, and a lot wow. of it, like I said before, has to do with power. They want the power. They didn't like that I was the youngest and I was the one chosen to, you know, handle everything. It's all been about jealousy. But obviously they're oh. happy to take me too. Wow. So, so how much power would you say that they've got at the moment? What? How much power would you say that they have at the moment? They have like a lot all of power. Them. They've kept my yeah. mother for 17 months now. Goodness. Wow. And if they got possession okay, well, of the person, they have possession of everything. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much. Horrible. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Isolated just... my mother for months. That was a lot of power. That's why my sister was smiling so big when she was getting my mother to say those horrible things in the court. You know, in wasn't even court, obviously. It was on Zoom. So my mom's basically uh-huh. just sitting in a room with them, you know. Mm-hmm. And wow. they could just tell her to go whisper in her ear, and they had papers in front of her they kept pointing to. And then my mom would, yeah. like, read them. Even on phone calls when my daughter would talk to her, my mom would say, well, they want me to say this. Well, what does this say? They want me to and say daughter, They're getting her to read things. Yes. You know. Not even her words. Well, wow. They want me to say this, huh? Right. Oh. You ought to record and, and those like conversations. Jealousy, jealousy yeah. is just such a, a huge part of all of this, I believe, because my niece always was really jealous, too, of my daughter. And I don't know if it's because oh. she felt like she was my daughter, and when I had my own daughter, that you know, because I always felt like I still included her, and I always tried to, you know, I was always aware of the fact that she would be jealous, and I always tried to make up for any type of jealousy. But as they got older, my niece just turned to just, you know, staying out all night and getting in trouble, and she married a person that had just got out of prison and all this crazy oh, stuff where my daughter went a different path. You know, she went to college first. She you know, graduated from NYU. Then she went to Tufts University in Boston and graduated with a master's in occupational therapy. My niece got married at 19, had a baby at 19, you know, then went back to school. You know, yeah. she is a paralegal, but it took her like 10, 15 years to actually get to that point because she was always doing things she shouldn't have been doing. Yeah. And I think that plays a part of it. So much jealousy because my mom was so proud of my daughter. You know, she graduated with honors and, um, you know, she was in everything at school. She was the class president. And my mom was like, boy, look at her go. She's in everything. And I would say, yeah. Yeah. And I would be like so exhausted because 
you know, when they're in, in everything, you're busy running all day long to all these events and taking them here and taking them there, especially when they, you know, don't drive. And yeah. uh, my mom would say, I don't know how you do it. With, and I, well, what are you going to do? You want, you want your kid to have the best life, you know? And if it involves yeah. you staying busy all the time, as soon as they get home, that's what you do. That's yeah. what I felt like anyway. You know, I want, I put my kids first. There you go. There you go. And you yeah. know, if your mother was, was con- cognizant all the time, I'm sure she realizes yep. what's going on. And oh, I, yeah. that has to make her a little bit fearful. Um, right. Because these right. people could turn at any moment. Well, well, the yeah, investment in her is not out of love or caring. It's monetary. Yeah. Right. And she is um, fearful. You know, she doesn't, I don't know if she's necessarily fearful of my niece, but she is kind of fearful of the husband. He's very distant and cold. And my mom always, you know, she always brings it up that, you know, oh, he's an oddball. And, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't speak to me. And I'm like, he don't speak to you? No, he don't bother with me at all. And my mom thinks that he got rid of her dog, too. Because they, when they took my mother, they took my mother's dog, too. And oh my mother's God. dog died. And my mom doesn't wow. even understand the dog died. She keeps thinking the dog's alive. So every time I see yeah. her, she's like, oh, that frosty oh. got out again. And he just runs and runs. Once he got a taste of it, you know, he's just gone. And, and I yeah. you know, just try to change the subject. And <clears> I <throat> put my dog on her lap because she loves dogs. But yeah. it's just hard. Well, that's one a very common thing, though. Uh, I had some neighbors when I lived up there in Minnesota that were considerably older than me at the time, and they had a cat, and they just this cat was just everything. And then it passed away, and I had a cat that had some kittens, so they took one of them. And when it was actually a local doctor who guardianized them, and come to find out, owed them thousands of dollars that they had borrowed under the table. And the first thing she did, he was, she, the wife had died, a drug to death in the hospital. And the only thing he had left was this cat. She took that cat. It damn near killed that man. They get so attached to their pets. I mean, we all do, but elderly people seem to be more so. Um, There is that constant sense of love and affection and connection uh, that, you know, that they feel from that animal. That's their companion. And, uh, yeah. I mean, they're more, far more than pets like they would be to you and me. Hang on here, well, Cynthia. We got of... another caller. Hold okay. on. Just a second here. Let me get this queued up. Area code 734. You're live and on the air. Hello? Area code 734. Yes. Yeah, the dog actually had heart failure. Oh, wow. Oh, this is my niece. This is who? My niece. Your niece? The one that has my mother, yes. That's her? Okay. Yes. Yes, go ahead. I didn't say I didn't say she killed the dog. I said she took the dog and I said yeah. that my mom thinks the dog is alive still because she has dementia. Yeah, the dog so, had uh heart failure and was on four different medications and sometimes she forgets 
that the dog died, but then she sees his ashes and she remembers that he passed away. Yeah. Yeah. And that happens. And that's hard to explain to an elderly person, too, when they are. Yeah, and I I didn't... she didn't yes, kidnap or abduct my grandma. She she asked to come here. She was upset, and she asked to stay nope. the weekend for me. That she is what happened. No, she was she upset. You don't know what happened because you never talked to me about it. Instead, you go on a blog talk radio instead of speaking with me about it. Okay, hold up here. What were you saying, Cynthia? said my mother was not upset. My mother had not seen her in months. She wasn't coming over to my house. I was with my mother every single day. She didn't live here. She has no clue what was happening in my home. And they took her I to had a her regularly. And, and you didn't like to listen to the dog bark. So when I visited, I had to bring the dog with me. My mom came, or my grandma came to my mom's birthday party. She came to my niece's birthday party. We took her shopping. We took her out to dinner. I'm not stealing from her. I'm not abusing her. I'm not abducting her. She asked to be here, so she is here. You're a liar. You are a liar. I am not lying. It's all in the court records. And I invite everybody to tune in on October 4th and see her accounting and all of the lies that she is telling. Well, I'm going to tell you, having done, hold up here, having done done 14 years of this, Cynthia, wait a minute. Cynthia, wait a minute. Everything that you're talking about, about how Cynthia lied, I have looked at over 1,500 cases, and without exception, every one of them, the person who has possession of the individual swears the other person lied, and they go into court and they they levy all sorts of charges for which they have no evidence. What, what do you think, ma'am? What do you think, ma'am? Yes. What do you think I'm doing with my grandmother? And have you reviewed our court documents? Why, why is your grandmother with a stranger all day while you're upstairs working? When you said that she, she was, didn't want to she be stop. You asked the question. I need family. to answer. When no, you asked the question. You asked a question. You have to give me the opportunity to answer. You have to stop talking. Yeah. She has a caregiver during the day because I work. I was managing my job and her, but you kept making complaints to the court and the guardian that I couldn't do both. So the guardian, the court-appointed guardian, made a decision to hire a caregiver. So that's why she has a caregiver, because I work during the day. Okay, this isn't working with everybody talking at once. It's not going to work. I want to thank you for calling in. Um, but we're going to move on here because this is what this show is about. You should contact the court for the actual court records and not continue to listen to her lies. She is very untruthful. I have your revocation document where you had my mother with dementia revoke my power of attorney. I have those documents. Okay, we've got another caller here. Hold on. Area code 773. You're live and on the air? Yes. Yes, good evening. This yes. is Aldona. I follow Cindy's story from beginning. So this message is for her niece. Stop abusing your grandma. Stop abusing Cindy and family because I know you're working for the court 
and you know what you're doing, and people are not stupid. My mom was more than under guardianship, and you're not going to go on the air and protect yourself, such a good uh, granddaughter, because don't give everybody bullshit. You are using Cindy and everybody else, and you're trying to play yeah. good, uh, good person. You're draining her ma- mom's money. You should... Cindy and family should enjoy the time that is left uh, of her mom. She's 80-something. Maybe she's got yeah. one year, five years. She needs to have everybody in the family. The stupid America, what it does, uh, cut off the people from the family. There is not in Europe that kind of shit what is going on here. So stop your bullshit and give grandma back. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Aldana. Thank you. This is a very, very volatile uh, situation. And as I said, I have reviewed over 1,500 of these cases over 14 years. I have yet to find one where the charges levied against the targeted victim or the caretaker, in this case, Cynthia, bore anything other than somebody said so. Now, if... The, the niece is saying these things happened, and it's in the court record. To me, that makes it suspect right there because there, it, as far as the court record goes in these probate courts, um, anybody can get up and tell a lie, and no evidence is ever is, is given, yeah. and none is ever asked for. Um, exactly. It's like it came out of the mouth of God. So what's in the court record makes no never mind to me. I've seen too many of them that are just full of the biggest nonsense I've ever Seen. Um, and, I don't. And she also kept telling everybody, "Oh, call Melinda. That's the guardian ad litem. Call Melinda. She'll yep. tell you the truth." Call. Why would uh, her, Why would you be on a first name basis <laughs> with the guardian ad litem? Yeah. You know. Well, there again, another another part of this is the guardians ad litem were just professional predators in general. It seemed exactly. to have an explicit inability to tell the truth about anything. Uh, they, right. The, the stream of lies that comes out is just, at times, intolerable. And uh, they're have, never called into question on it. And now they're providing them immunity, saying you can't sue them for their wrongdoing because they're officers of the court and they have immunity. Well, first off, it isn't a court. It's a tribunal. It's not a court of law. Right. You are not a judge. You're a hearing examiner, a ministerial clerk. So who's ever working with you or for you cannot, cannot claim that the, you have immunity. And um, then, of course, there's the issue of malfeasance, and that is abusing a public office, which is the claim of immunity is true, um, and you use that position to harm a member or several people in the public. So there's options here to go after these people, immunity be damned. We're all supposed to be equal under the law. But like I say, we aren't dealing with law. We're creating, dealing with created statutes and codes and regulations that were created by the very same people who are benefiting and profiting from them. And they'll tell you when you go in there, you have no rights. This, don't mention the Constitution again or I'll put you in jail. Well, you can't because you're not a judge, so they do what's called a spreadable order, and they send it over to a state-level judge, who a lot of times will sign it, and that's who puts you in jail. But that person sitting up there frauding you 
as a judge doesn't have the authority to do that. But there's a lot of options here. Um, we we look for a lot of options for people. What can you possibly do? And again, uh, malfeasance is the biggest biggest weapon you have at the time. But um, right, and they said malfeasance. And uh, I was the one that filed for guardianship when she took my mother and wouldn't return my mother. And then days right. later, you know, she went to the bank with the um, revocation document. She got that revocation document the same day she took my mother. So there was nobody wow. talking, um, that's, you know. That to me, that's the fraud right there is that any – that the power of attorney – was revoked in the first place when right. everyone knew that you know your mom was in dementia this is this is the time when what she had wanted when she was in her right mind was supposed to be allowed to remain yeah and so the fact that it was revoked i mean she's calling in calling you a liar and everything right. when she when she's the one who had, and I've seen the documents that you've posted, so they're not lies. And right. I mean, that was the first. That was the first and foremost, most wicked thing that she could do was to have the document revoked in the first place when when your mom became vulnerable. Anything else after that, and all the back and forth that they, you know, calling in and saying that you, you know, come watch the lies and this and that is everything that Marty just said. It's the, the first and foremost thing is that she put, took part of revoking that power of attorney and working with these people. That should not have ever happened. Your mom's wishes should have been honored. Cut and ties. End of the story. You honor when her mind was clear, you know. Exactly. Anybody you can say anything you want to somebody about, you know, when they have dementia and get them to believe things. And that's what they both wanted exactly. to do. They wanted my exactly. mom yeah. to believe bad things about me. When the truth was, when my mom and dad bought that house, my husband took $120,000 out of our bank account and got a cashier's check and gave it to my father. My father's bank account had nowhere near the amount of money that he needed to buy that house. And they can lie all they want to lie. Maybe I didn't have it do a perfect job of the accounting because I had a son with a brain tumor at the time, and my mother-in-law was on a ventilator and dying, and we had a pandemic going on. But once my uh, uh, once they took all the expenses out and what I spent, I didn't even spend enough. I mean, take out enough. I still am owed like $8,000. So, you know, what is that at? Do they talk about that? Yeah. All they talk about is, oh, Cindy, um, she used this money for this. Well, do you realize that I, I used my own money to pay for caregivers at some point, you know? Right. I mean, who, whoever even thinks that, that – you would be held accountable to keep track of every meal that you bought somebody. I mean, I, I right. mean, we were all guardian of our yeah, children, and I didn't keep I didn't keep the receipts of every grocery shop and meal that I spent money on. You know, their first eighteen right. years. So spent, it's, it's absolutely crazy. Thirty seven hundred dollars of my money on caregivers because once I um 
my father uh, had passed away, and I turned in his death certificate to the bank, then my mom's debit card wouldn't work. Well, I didn't care. I used my card. Big deal, you know. It's my mother. So back and forth. So maybe then when, you know, then when I went to, uh, I needed to be paid back for some of that, I used my mom's card for something else. But I knew what I was doing. But it may not look like when you looked at it, all you, all they had to do was see. I had just paid thirty seven hundred dollars in caregivers myself. This addition, not addition, but this grand pad, we had a price done by a construction company for one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. My husband got Whoa. it done for four eight thousand dollars. We moved my mom's walk-in bathtub from her house to this house. We built a bathroom, a kitchen, a living room, a bedroom, and you're telling me that. I stole money. All this stuff in my house, I have to get rid of. I mean, I don't want my house like this. I want my garage back. I don't need a handicapped bathroom in my house, and I don't need a kitchenette next to my 500-square-foot kitchen. You know? Wow. Like, that was an improvement on my home. I'm still going to have to use my money to take all this stuff down, and nobody accounts for any of that, you know? I think my brother. It's just wicked. It's just wicked. And Um, and that was the lamest thing to call in and attack you. I mean, oh my gosh. That's how she she is. And uh, I think you know. Trying to call in, um, Marty. Say what? It's a one five number. No, I don't have. Five eight six. Yeah. yeah. What about it? That's Randy. That's who? My brother Randy. Oh, Randy. Oh, hang on here. Let me cue him up. Hang on. Okay. Five eight six. Area code five eight six. Two one five. Hello. Hello. Randy? No, I don't. Yeah. Two one five. Yes. 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 Go ahead. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, my niece has calculated all this. Um, first day she took her, she applied for PPOs on all of us. So she wanted oh. to isolate her. and Yeah. She had PPOs on us. She applied for them that Monday, got them approved Wednesday. And in Jackson County, they just approve PPOs. They don't ask for police reports or nothing. You know, I've never had a speeding ticket or any kind of tickets. I don't even talk to her, yet she was able to get PPOs on everybody. Just because she knew that we were the closest to my mother so she could isolate us. Let her call in and talk talk to us about this then, about the PPOs, about isolating my mom for a year from us. Okay, she's still on. I'll cue her up if you want, but I want to warn everybody. Yeah. Don't be talking over each other. Okay. If it gets wild, I'll cut it down again. Hang on a second. Okay, is this the niece again? I don't think she's talking to us. Hello? Oh, here, we'll try this, 734. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I got PPOs. Hi, I got PPOs because they were calling me all day long, all night long, sending the Michigan State Police and the County Sheriff to my house, 
had private investigators following me and showing up to my house and place of business, making face, fake Facebook profiles and reviews about my business, contacting the state of Michigan licensing about my business, and it was very harassing and threatening, and so I had to get PPO. No, you did okay. that on a Monday before anything. No, I did not. Before, yes, you did. I, I got the I have on the copies PPO of when them. you applied for it. Yeah, I do too. You lied. Okay, well, you're lying. You are lying. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I did sure. it for my protection after you banged on my window and told Grandma that I stole her money and stole her house. No. The cops were called that. repeatedly. That's not what I said. You did That's say that. The, it's on surveillance camera from the bank. You did. All right. Well, yeah, where is it then? Where is it? You have That's to subpoena PNC Bank knocked, for their surveillance camera footage. footage. I knocked on the window and said, Mom, she's trying to steal your money, and she helped sell your house, too. This is exactly what I said. And did I, did I sell her house? You were in on saying, yeah, we should sell the house. No, I never said you should was sell I, the house. I said I, the exact was, oh. opposite, and you told me that I didn't have any say-so because I was a granddaughter. And Grandma only wanted to stay the weekend here. Yes. I, I did not. You have no right in the selling a house anyway. You're not a child of hers. Exactly. That's what you told me. So I didn't sell her house. I had no right yeah. to sell it. But you said we got to get her out of the house. We have she needed caregivers with her is what she needed. She yeah, she did caregivers. need caregivers. She yeah, does have caregivers. We have caregivers for her. Okay. You, you have no right even so to she wanted. I didn't take her. She asked to spend the yes, weekend for me. She spent the weekend. Her. She did. I did not you take her. her. She asked to spend the weekend for me. And then the cops were called. And then guardianship paperwork was filed on Monday. You didn't even Dearborn? give me the opportunity to bring her back. Yeah, because yeah. that's why you had her sign revocation papers that night. You took her on Saturday night, right? Oh, oh, yeah, sure. The Dearborn who Heights revoked, Police called the police out Who revoked the power there. of attorney? I'm pretty sure it was the judge. That was you having her sign paper. Didn't you illegally I didn't have her it. sign anything. And you have filed yes, three complaints with the great – you have filed three complaints with the Great Seal of Michigan – against my notary, and they have all been dismissed. No, they haven't. They dismissed it with yes, a warning on you. They gave you a warning yes. not to do that they again. They gave me a warning, yes, but they were dismissed. That means, that means you were found guilty. You were found guilty I of wasn't notarizing found guilty. Were, yes. What's okay. a warning mean? Okay. It's not a dismissal. Okay, so I didn't, I didn't know that I couldn't notarize a document for a grandparent. I thought a family lie. meant. Oh, please, you know that you please. It's not a lie. Okay. It's one at a time. What do you think? Do you think, do you think that there's training for notaries? You go, to the, you go to the county, you fill out an application, you get a bond, and you have a notary. They don't break it down for you who you can notarize, who you can't notarize. I knew I can't notarize for my parents and my husband, immediate family, but I did not think That's that immediate, immediate family, family. sent to grandparents. But you know what? It doesn't matter because the judge revokes the power of attorney anyways. No, he didn't revoke it anyway. He just suspended he it. Did. He did. He did. He has a court. I, there are no fake allegations. You yes, filed for guardianship, not me. She has a court-appointed guardian and a court-appointed conservator. 
you said she it's stole money, me. and you didn't even know any of the bank accounts. You had none of the I none of the bank accounts. I didn't steal any money. I have all the I bank accounts. She filed accountings. You said you told my mom that day that we stole all her money. I did not. I told her yes, that her house did. was sold, and that's why she no. asked to stay the weekend with me. She. She said, I hear you stole all my money when I talked to her. No, you told no. Me, you told have, you ever, have, you, have you ever spoken with me outside of a podcast? That's exactly yes. what the police officer told us when they okay. went, we went to the house of, that very first day. Okay. Well, she came back out and she said, no, she said how stole about, her money and sold her house. That's how exactly about what the acting, police officer said. How about how about behaving like an adult and calling me? You claim that your son has an AVM and a brain condition. Why do you have your son pick her up every weekend? Why is he the point of communication? Why are you not doing all these things? Why would you put that much stress on your son that could stroke out or have a seizure at any moment? Speak to me. Talk to me. I could have told you she's staying for the weekend. You didn't need yeah, to file for guardianship. You you said that she was, yeah, oh, she wants to stay two more days. Oh, she wants to live with us now. Oh, I revoked the power of attorney. Oh, yeah. I but never you're said actually going to return her. Yeah. I have all your text people messages from that day. People are allowed to spend day. the night with people. My, my kids' friends spend the night. That doesn't mean you that know, I'm never going to give them back. If they want to spend the night, they, they can spend the night. You know you're night. supposed to get permission. To, you to don't need her. permission. She did yes, not have guardianship over her. She was a free individual to live and visit and go where she wanted to. I didn't need permission to visit with my grandma. She has dementia, and you know that she has cognitive impairment. Excuse me. You can have cognitive impairment. Whoa, whoa. She doesn't have just cognitive impairment. Okay. If you'd like, want me to tell tell everybody what she says about you when she comes to my house, and then you tell me whether she's got dementia or just cognitive impairment. Well, I can say what she says about you, too. What money? She doesn't have any money. She doesn't get her money goes to her guardian. I don't get any money from her. Her money goes directly to her guardian. I'm money helping provide for her. I don't get any money for her staying here. She has no money to get. It goes to her conservator. I don't need her money. I have a job. My husband has a job. Why wouldn't you let us see her? The whole year. Why wouldn't you let us see before the guardian was being appointed? You had, I went to, you had I went visitation. I went the guardian to the told me. You, the guardian. You, the guardian. Talk, I'm telling you. I said, why didn't I let you visit? I'm answering you. Yeah. The guardian no, told me not to open the door. Before there was a guardian, you wouldn't let us see her. Oh, sorry. All right. Now, this this can't go on. Now, niece, you need to be quiet while somebody else is talking. I know you have things to say, but wait your turn. You don't talk over the top of people. Uh, people listening to this can't understand anything at all that's being said. So you wait and then respond. But quit talking over the top of people and breaking into the conversation. I'm not going to have that. So go ahead. Okay. I, I talked to my mom on the phone. She said, I would love to go to dinner with you, and we set up a time to go to dinner. I go to the house, and she wouldn't even open the door. She's upstairs recording me the whole time while we're trying to take my mom to dinner. Wouldn't answer the door. So then 
my nephew called the police for a wellness check to see if she was okay because nobody answered the door. Um, she wouldn't even let us talk to her or anything. So she can't tell me that she wasn't isolating her. You yeah. had court-appointed visits at that time. Your visits were court-appointed, and I had a private eye following me. So I had to go if, by the orders of the court. If my mom doesn't have dementia, why wouldn't you let us see her? I have to follow the visitation orders that the court provided. She had a guardian. Yeah, and, she still has and, a guardian. And, and your mom and your brother can come over anytime. You weren't following the visitation then. She doesn't have that scheduled visitation with them. She has it with Cynthia, Randy, nope. and Daryl. That's no, it the visitation doesn't say Cindy, order. Randy, and Daryl. No, it doesn't say that. It says family has visitation. It they should does go through in the, the same visitation order. that we do. No. In the court order, if you go on the Wayne County Probate Court and go to the docket and print the order, that is what it says. No, it doesn't say that. All it says is visitation is filed this way. It doesn't give names or anything. Randy, I have a question. In yeah. the original in the original power of attorney before it was revoked, did she wish to have a guardian? No, she doesn't. An, she didn't want a guardian. She wanted to stay with Cindy because she would tell my dad, "Well, you're moving, you're moving, you know." And we have text messages from everybody how beautiful the house <laughs> is, and Rachel texted us and said. Oh, I wish I could stay there. That's one of her text messages. Why would you take my mother from a beautiful place of her own apartment to your house in a single room? It makes no sense at all. She came to stay the weekend, and then guardianship was filed, and then a temporary guardian was appointed. You had Why no intention that... of returning. Oh, that... You can think because what you want to think. I could tell you until I'm blue in the face, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't listen, so... Was guardianship had to be filed because the power of attorney was revoked? Yes. Guardianship, no, it hadn't been revoked yet. Guardianship was filed because they didn't like that I didn't have her returned by 2 p.m. on Sunday. No, she had, she had filed revocation of power attorney papers, as state police told us that Monday. So Cindy went and got a lawyer and then applied for guardianship, as the lawyer recommended. And then we'll can't. So, just an unfortunate situation is that your mom's wishes were never honored because the power of attorney was revoked. Which is, I her, don't understand. Her how wishes that are honored now, though. On every court hearing, she does tell them where she wants to stay. So, that the court does speak to her. She does speak to the guardian. She does speak to the guardian ad litem. And when we do court hearings, I'm not with her. I'm on a different level of the house. And when the guardian comes and visits her, I'm not here. So to uh, say that I'm writing a, things down and coaxing her is an inaccurate statement. I don't do that. that. Is a false I wouldn't do that. Too. My How mom was sitting next to you. Have? How many what? How many wards does the guardian have? Oh, I don't know. You'd have to contact her. Like a hundred? I have no idea. I've never Can asked you, her. Oh, that'd be a good uh, question to ask and report back because I would find that to be interesting. Usually they have so many that it's so hard for them 
that they actually yeah don't they um the court hearings are public i mean you can log in as an interested person and maybe that's a question that you could ask them okay and and that's that that's not always true she just now started separating herself from the zoom meetings before she was sitting there with my sister at the same zoom meeting with my mom and my mom was slamming her fist on the table saying they stole all my money we and were told next, after Cindy I am talking up. still. I am still talking. In the next Zoom hearing, she said, and Randy stole all his father's tools, which is a lie because I didn't even take any of the tools from my, from my dad's garage. And the garage was me and my brother's and my dad's will that we'd get all the tools. I don't need any tools. So who, who, is, who is telling her this stuff? What, she just imagined it? She doesn't have dementia? Or I mean, she imagines that the dog is still alive. I don't have a reason to tell her that you took her tools. I don't need her stuff. You don't need her stuff. I don't know where she gets the stuff from. I mean, I don't I know, know what to tell you. The thing, about the, court, the thing about the court appearances is Cindy and Pat were sitting next to each other, and they were ordered by the court clerk in the same room on the same camera. So after that, we no longer sit together. She has the caregiver that helps her, and she wears hearing-impaired hair uh, earphones so that she can hear when they're talking to her. I'm not in the room with her. It's it's the same thing she's told us all the time. They've told us that they've told me you stole all my money. The first phone conversation I had with her, she said, they told me you stole all my money. So don't tell me it's not well, you telling you? her. Who's it telling us? The dog? I, I had I no mean, did you take her money? Mom. I don't, I don't no. have her money. I didn't take her money. I had no power of attorney and nothing. All I did Neither was take my I. mom out to dinner. I took my mom out to dinner every week for the last six years I was taking her out to dinner. Do you but have you her grandfather clock her. that was supposed to be returned by the court? No, you have her grandfather clock. I don't have that. I have a side-by-side picture. That's not the same clock. Well, I don't know what to tell you. That's the clock she had. So I don't. if you're worried about her it's taking not her clock, the clock. Or stuff, And you're saying that... You know, her furniture couldn't be returned because it was piss-soaked. Why was she with caregivers who weren't changing her regularly or assisting her to the bathroom that her furniture that was only three years old would have gotten damaged that quickly? Because she had accidents. Are you going to just petty on the furniture or something, or are you going to tell us how you took my mom? It's her stuff that she wants. I didn't take her. I told you she came to spend the weekend with me. Yeah, and then she had signed revocation papers that day that Saturday. You know she it is signed dated, to get, the date you put on. She she signed a revocation to get control over her money again. She didn't have no, control over her. her money. She didn't have the you ability told. to make decisions on if her house would be sold or how her money would be spent. She didn't know that her money was being spent to pay City of Dearborn Heights taxes. She didn't know that her money was spent buying airline tickets. She didn't know that her money was being spent for restaurants in Alabama when she was in Michigan. And, and she didn't your know that her signed, money was being spent at Whole Foods. Your mom signed the property tax checks for that house in Garden City. Your mom. We're not signed talking about checks. Garden City. We're That's talking yeah. about we're, we're, Dearborn Heights. Hey, well, she never said, lived in Dearborn Heights. Let him let him you, speak. You you I'm said the that taxes. Her house. Her money was being spent on taxes. Of course, we had to get rid of the house because my mom wasn't living I'm there. Talking. She was never coming back there. No, you're not. She said, let him speak. 
it's not garden city taxes that I'm talking about. In the accounting, it's the city of Dearborn Heights where Cindy lives. She she's paid not Cindy's paying taxes property in taxes. No, she didn't. She did. Did you look at the accounting? No, she didn't. Yeah. Did you look at the accounting? Yes, I looked at the accounting. You need to look through it again. Yeah, okay, I will. We had $10,000 cash we- withdrawals. I mean, there is just so much money that was being spent that, that she, she didn't spend and she wasn't aware of it. Now she gets an allowance from the guardian and it's very, very minimal, very minimal. She gets about $50 a week for groceries. I mean, she gets enough to cover her prescriptions. She doesn't have an exorbitant amount of expenses. She doesn't pay my utilities. She doesn't pay my property taxes, nothing like that. And Cindy was Cindy was paying caregivers out of that money. We know what she was doing. There was no exorbitant more funds. Than, she wasn't charging more than more than needed to be. No, she wasn't. And that's why there are, that's that's why there are objections on the accounting, and that's why the accounting has been requested so many times because it is so so inaccurate. Yeah, they want Kroger bills for the last three years. We know why. It takes well, when so long somebody to get that. goes. When somebody goes to Kroger and spends eight hundred dollars on Tuesday and they go back again on Thursday and they spend seven hundred and they're eighty eight years old, that is very suspicious. Nobody nobody spent eight hundred dollars at Kroger. That's impossible. Have you looked at the accounting? I can send yes, you the accounting. I have. It was filed by the court and it's in PDF format. So does she well, does she have another will? Did you create a new will for her too? She does not have another will. Nope. Everything right. is going a quarter to her children. Husband's here. He can speak to the accounting. Go ahead, Pat. What do you want to know? I don't need to know anything. That's for you to talk with your attorney and the judge about. I'm only calling in because you keep going on these radio shows slandering me. And okay, I don't need to defend myself okay, on okay, Facebook Rachel. or the court. I got, I, let me speak, Rachel. I haven't talked yet. So, Rachel, why would you have Randy kicked out of the hospital? I did not have Randy kicked out of the hospital. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. It was all you. I had you in the window. It was you and whoever else was there kicking out Randy, Randy out of the hospital. Why did you have him leave the hospital? They actually said you were making Randy leave. So tell me why you make her son leave the hospital when he had nothing to do with the county. Explain it to us. I could not do that. She had a guardian. The guardian asked them the to leave because there. Randy, you were you, you were Randy, there. Why, would, why would a granddaughter kick the, the, um, the son out of the hospital? Randy followed the paramedics from one hospital to the other hospital at 10 o'clock at night. Visiting hours were over, and the guardian that asked lie. that everybody oh, leave. That was there, and found out he was there, and he went straight there, so that's a lie. Yep. Why did you follow my mother no, around no, goodwill? Rachel, Rachel mm-hmm. why did you show up the hospital when my son was having a seizure at the same hospital when, when, when Grandma was never even at that hospital ever before? Because you got word that we're going to go to that hospital from our attorney, correct? How could I know that you were going to be at the hospital? That hospital is the nearest hospital to me. That's where her doctor is. Because our attorney called you to tell you that we're going to that hospital, and then you showed up there. Is that correct? 
Attorney-client privilege. Your attorney would not call me and tell me that you were going to a hospital. We, we, I took her to the hospital because him, she needed we, to go to the hospital. We, we asked him to call you to tell you that we're going to Anthony's going to the hospital, so you maybe have some feelings for Anthony, and then you showed up at the hospital. So is that how you figured it out? Because we did tell him to call no. him to tell you that. No, I had no idea um, that they were going to be there at the same time. My husband had a kidney transplant at U of M. That's the hospital we go to. Always. So either as soon as my son had a seizure, it's just gonna, you're going to show up at that hospital at that time. And then you're going to put that grandma is the closest over. hospital to my home. Not to you're your home. Okay. Closest to your home would be Oakwood. You're one sick individual. So, yes, on the economy, I can explain that. So I can explain the accounting. Me and my wife are not accountants by no means. And, yes, my wife would spend other money and then get reimbursed afterwards. And, yes, there was a Dearborn, uh, I'm sorry, the city of Dearborn Heights tax bill was in there, and your mom did pay, uh, her, um, her mom did pay for that, and then she got reimbursed. And that is in the accounting, so, yes, it's in there. On the bills for the uh, groceries that you're talking about, if she did spend $800 one week, then she wouldn't spend nothing for a month or for three weeks. So that's not a true statement either. Why don't you do the numbers, how much two people would spend for a year, and then show me how much she actually took out for that year when, the, when they were both lived near, or even one person. What's the average they spend, and then do it by 12 months and see what it costs. I've done that. It's $6,900 per year. That's what she gets from her guardian right now. And how much do we spend on food? On food, it's about $50 per week. If that. $50 a week. How much do we spend? About $50 a week. How much did you spend? Um, Probably, yeah, maybe seven grand a month. Seven grand a month on food. About, yeah. Seven thousand a month on yes. food. On food? Yes, that's that what's in your accounting. That is what's in your accounting. That's what's in your accounting. Yes. We spent eighty-four thousand dollars on food. <laughs> if you look at your accounting, yes, that's what you have typed in there. Eighty-four thousand. If you pull uh, up your I, accounting, you will see all the debits for groceries. It's $84,000. You know, I don't have a calculator in front of me, but it was about $700 or $800 roughly twice per week. Can you you provide that for me? No, I'm not going to do that. I'm sitting in bed with my phone. My kids are asleep, getting ready for school in the morning. I'm not going to pull out a calculator. You have an attorney. You have an accountant. You go to court on Tuesday. If you can't figure out your accounting, I'm not going to do it with school. I don't have no, your receipts. Need, I don't know what you spent. Anything out. She says that she does not want to live in the country. She wants to live live here with us. So why don't you put her back where she belongs? Why doesn't she tell the court that then? Because every time she talks to the court, she says she wants to be here. If she doesn't want to live here, then she doesn't need to live here. I don't care where she lives. The only reason she's who's, here who's is because that's what she continues to tell the court. I didn't steal her. She spent the weekend with me. Okay, tell me when I lent your, when I lent them one hundred twenty thousand dollars to buy their house because they didn't have the money before they sold their house in Detroit and 
Cleveland had to pay me back whatever he needed to pay, pay me back. How in hell would I steal from him if I borrowed him the money to buy the house? Technically speaking, I could have said that's my house, and obviously I sold my house because I could prove actually that was my money that bought that house. So that's a lie. They really, paid cash for their house. He didn't need your money. Prove, that's bullshit, <laughs> and I can prove that. So if I can prove that to you, then will you then will you will you stop your game? Because I could prove that to you. I bought the house. Right. Technically speaking, technically speaking, if I want to sell the house, I could sell it and actually keep the money if I wanted to. Technically speaking, I can prove that that money came left my account and bought that home. Just because you didn't know that, we didn't need to tell you that. We were doing a favor for your for your for everyone in that home, and they didn't. Nobody had to know that. That was a secret between me and and Grandpa. So at that point, I can prove that I bought that house. So actually, it's my house, and I should be able to do anything I want with the house. But that's not what we did. But technically speaking, we could have. And yes, I can prove that. And if you want me to meet you tomorrow or the next day or whatever day you want me to meet you and sit down with you, I'll prove to you that I paid for that house. I would not feel safe meeting you. And their house sold for, oh, for probably sake. more than half of the house that they bought in Garden City. And they had the money in their bank account to pay for it. And I do not feel safe. He followed my mother around Goodwill. The cops had to come. They show up at my house. They've had private eyes following me, running my husband off the road. No, I don't feel safe. I do not feel safe at all around them. Oh, we were That's not funny. Okay, that gonna... is not a laughing matter. Your mom called uh, the cops. Not, not The cops weren't called to come there. Your mom called the cops because he said no, that he was so ashamed of her. No, they the didn't. Cops. She called the cops. Pat was already right, gone the... after when it called. Why was he there okay, while she was shopping? Okay, okay, enough. Enough. Um, we've got about 10 minutes left here on the show. And uh, this is, oh, Cynthia, you need to chime in here. Um, you've remained quiet, and I appreciate that because there's a lot going on. But we need to wrap this up. And I just am curious. Um, to me, these responses you were getting were far too, uh, what do I want to say, um, controlled, uh, computed, whatever. <laughs> um, there's a comeback for everything. And um, uh, the idea that, you know, Seven thousand or eight thousand dollars for food, even fifty dollars a week is not enough. Uh, I don't know what who what the guardian is thinking. Mm -hmm. um, and then you, it was nobody can survive. Then it was yeah. seven hundred every other week. So there was yeah. there was never a straight answer given for this amount of food. And yeah, fifty dollars is not enough. If that's all the guardian's no. giving her right now, that should be investigated. That's yeah, that's no starvation wages. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't come home with a bag of groceries these days with that kind of money. Um, no. Cynthia, where are you at on all of this? Cynthia's too frustrated. Doesn't want to talk to Rachel on the phone. When Rachel wants to get off the, off the air, then she'll talk again. But she doesn't want to talk to. It. She's well, just that girl's just too dang evil. Well, we I've got her muted up, so let's go from there, and um, uh, there won't be any more interference. Um, you know, the thing is, with all that's been said here this evening, like I say, I've looked at over 1,500 of these cases and gotten documents and everything else, and I have yet to see in a probate tribunal anything coming from the predator class and 
that uh, there's any semblance of truth. It's never challenged. Um, and they all seem to have a curious way of interpreting accounting reports and who spent what and where and how. Uh, it just – this is just bottom absolutely line, insane. But the bottom, line with the, account, the bottom line with the accounting is you took out X amount of dollars and how much was the grand pad – and like I have the receipts for everything spent. I spent fifty five thousand dollars between nineteen two thousand nineteen, two thousand twenty, and two thousand twenty one on caregivers alone. My father was leaving the house. I mean, he needed like twenty four hour care. I wasn't even right. sleeping at night. I mean, I was drained, completely drained. Do you think my sister or my niece ever came over? and spent the night so that I could rest? No, they didn't. They were too busy. They couldn't. That's all you ever heard from them. You know, and the bottom line with the accounting is X amount of dollars came out, and here's your receipts, okay? It doesn't matter what, what the thing was spent on. I spent things, like I said, I paid for caregivers. I paid for lots of food. I mean, I didn't charge any money to live here. I still have to completely redo my home I have a little kitchenette right next to my big kitchen I mean who what is that that's not a selling point obviously I'm going to have to rip all that part and the whole expense is my expense I didn't charge anything for any of that all the labor my husband did none of that he didn't get paid for any of it I mean the whole thing is it's absolutely insane she lives in a fairy world or something wow I don't know. I, I hate to see these situations arise. I truly do, but they happen every single day, and um, it's always from a member of the family. It's it's actually a rare occurrence that it'll be an outsider that will come in. Although those cases do happen, they sure do. But uh, most of the times, excuse me. That was our that was ours. Um, Harvey Witten. It was a Univest Bank yeah. filed the petition. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and we see that uh, Wells Fargo is involved in a lot of them. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just, I think this is just absolutely tragic. And when the family should be forming a unified front, for some reason, this can't happen. And right. no one, you know, uh, no one benefits. You know, Do you understand what I'm saying? No one benefits from this. And uh, no. the family's in our, turmoil. Our is completely destroyed. We will never be yeah. a family again like we once were because of the decisions right. that she made. I didn't do anything wrong. If you want to say that I was a bad accountant, I never signed up to be an accountant. I took my right. parents in, and when my son came down with this brain condition, I still kept my parents. My sister didn't come over and help me when my son was off in an ambulance and unconscious. She didn't care. I would have to find somebody to come stay with my mother or my husband would have to be here with my mother while I was in the hospital with my son. Nobody cared oh, wow. about everything else that I had going on. My mother-in-law was in and on and off a ventilator for four months before she died from COVID. And, I mean, it's absolutely insane that they would do this to me and then try to act like I was feeling when they know yeah. damn good and well i have been so generous 
with everyone in my family. My husband was very successful and did well, and I was so generous with everyone. And, I mean, it's like a slap in my face. Anybody that knows me, I gave her a job. I gave her first husband a job, her second husband a job, her father a job, her brother a job, houses, cars. I mean, so many things. And then she has the nerve to say that I was stealing. I mean, it's ludicrous. Anybody that knows okay. me. Okay, hold on here. We got one more caller we're going to take. Area code 845. You're live and on the air. Hi. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I, I just want to say that, um, you know, these guardians and the courts, they're loving this. You know, they exploit yeah. families. They take a dysfunctional family and their disputes, and they run with it. And here, yes. and, and I feel so bad for Cynthia having to defend herself. When her mother chose her after having her daughter in her life, all of her life, and she decided that she should be the power of attorney, that someone can usurp her and oust her, is outrageous without yes. due process, without just cause, just because now someone who has some kind of uh, mental incapacity is saying, you know, things contrary to that. That right. that should be really taken into consideration. That, you know, for the niece, and, and the niece sounds like a very nice person, but obviously something is very terribly wrong that you would pit a daughter against a mother who chose her to be the power of attorney. And, and you probably didn't even know the can of worms that you were opening when you went into the courtroom and, and requested power of attorney and requested a revocation. And, and, and how does the mother sign for a revocation when, when she's yeah. not fully incapacitated, uh, whatever the word is, capacitated? Yes. Um, I don't get it. I don't get it. The family really, well, if, if you... Go ahead. I'm sorry. If there's Maureen. any, if there's, if, that's all right. If if there's any um, question about capacity and whether a person is incompetent, they can't agree to sign anything. Nothing. They can't do anything. Um, so when you see these things arise, and if it was done as quickly as Cynthia and her brother say it was, and I don't doubt it, somebody had a plan in motion here. And uh, right. but if she she already was it. incapacitated, yeah, she couldn't agree it to or sign anything. Yeah, right. And the, the problem yep. is too, there were four kids. Okay, I'm the youngest. My brother Daryl's the oldest, and my brother Randy is just above me. Okay, so there's four kids. All three of us are on the same page. We all agree. And my brothers fully support me. They've seen my accounting. Everybody knows. And yet you have one sister, and, and she's not even the one that applied or did any of this. It was her daughter. And it specifically said in our parents' um, estate plan they did not want any grandkids involved. It was to be the four children. I had power of attorney, and I was supposed to work as a community with my siblings. Never any grandkids. Okay. Yeah, and usually they won't, uh, you know, they won't let something like that go. Um, we're just out of time here. Uh, Cynthia and Randy, thank you for coming on. Uh, this has been explosive, 
and I hope people listen to this interview because what you're hearing is a textbook case of a rivalry in the family when an older person who has anything it becomes the topic of this, the, the discussion. Um, it just, it, and like you said, um, these guardians love this. They, they like nothing more than to see discourse in the family, and they'd get in and they'd drive a wedge, and they'll tell the person who's coming in, the interloper, so to speak, um, they'll tell them anything they want to hear uh, to get them to side with them, and then they do. And, of course, then the war is really on. But this is all a calculated plan. We've seen this many, many, many times. And uh, yeah. this this doesn't surprise me in the least. We got 90 seconds. Cynthia, did you have anything you wanted to say in closing? Um, well, obviously, if I would never have gone and filed for guardianship and done all these things if I did not love my mother, and I would have never brought her into my home. I mean, I was her main caregiver for 10 years prior to her even moving into my home. We had a very right. close bond, but when someone has dementia, I mean, I don't doubt that my mom said things about me when I wasn't in her presence. That's what, you know, she right. had dementia. And they could yes. easily have gotten her in a mood to not like me, you know, to say something right. bad about me. But then she yes, comes but, home but, and she's back with me again, yeah. you know. She don't. She forgets all about yeah. it because that's the nature exactly. of dementia. And they use there that as an opportunity to manipulate her and do what they've done. But all they've done yes. is destroy our family. And for generations to come, our family will be destroyed because of them. Okay. Uh, we've just got about 20 seconds left here. Thank you to everyone that called in. Thank you for everybody that tuned in. We had a massive audience. Uh, we'll see what explodes behind this. And I'm sure you'll be getting a take that, take that down, take it down. We'll see. Anyway, thank you, everyone. Cause thanks for being here. Cindy, thank you for being our guest. And we'll talk to you all this next week. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.